Blog Talk Radio. We've gotta be the body to rock it like we're never gonna see it again We are exploding, the world is gonna know it We'll rock it like you're never gonna see us again Come on Good evening, everyone. It is 11 p.m. and Pure Gold is live on the air for this Tuesday night, February 11th, 2014. Welcome to the show that covers everything and anything and tells it like it is. My name is Joe Vicino, and my co-host, seated to my left-hand side of the United States, is David Gomez. Sir, how are you? Great, sir. Excited, as always, to be ready you know, to do another show of Pure Gold. And, of course, as Joe and I were talking beforehand... 11 o'clock, this is brutal, folks. <laughs> Joe and I were both getting ready to go to sleep, and then I said, wait a minute, we have a show tonight. Oh, so here we are. And, of course, thank you for listening. The two of you out there who are paying attention right now, call us in if you'd like. Of course, our buddy El Elwood from uh, Indianapolis, 714-364-4721. And, of course, check out our website, puregoldpg.com. JB? Thanks, Dave. And you're right, it's people like Elwood from Indianapolis, that makes the show uh, go, I guess, because, yeah, we are tired, but, we, you know, the show must go on, as they say. We must do it for the fans, the millions and millions of fans listening out there in the uh, Internet world, I guess, because we're not on the radio anymore. So, so <laughs> of course, we're going to start off with some sad news, because being lifelong Met fans as we are, we lost a uh, a big key to the past, somebody that's been with the team since 1962, I'm talking about Kiner's Corner, the man, the myth, the legend, Ralph Kiner. Sir, when did you hear the news, and what, were your, what was your initial reaction? I was actually at Red Robin when I was at the bar ordering food, and um, I was in the middle of ordering, and I looked at the TV, and I said, oh, crap, Ralph Kiner died. Are you kidding me? And I, I, the guy had no clue what I was talking about, of course, but, um, you know, I was definitely sad to hear it. Ralph Kiner is a legend, of course, uh all-time great baseball player, 10 years. You know, he had a great career, home run, the master of the home run, basically, you know, led the league seven years consecutively in home runs, which is amazing. And just a guy who had a ton of power. And, of course, as a Met fan, you know him from Kiner's Corner, as Joe mentioned. You know him from doing that show for so many years, great interviews. Um, you know, he was with the Mets since day one, since the, basically the day the Mets were there, the Mets existed. Him, Lindsey Nelson, and Bob Murphy, great broadcasting team. Of course, Murph was with the Mets for a very long time as a main broadcaster, up until he died in 2004, I believe it was. Um, you know, he's a legend. Of course, Ralph is a legend, and it's unfortunate, but the last original Met is gone. It's definitely sad. I always liked Ralph. I, I thought that he, and, you know, for all the flack that Tim McCarver gets, I thought that he and Tim McCarver were a great, and I mean great, broadcasting team in the in the 80s and 90s with the Mets, sir. No, I agree. I heard the news, I think, on WFAN. Um, I think I was listening to my friend Sess and he broke the story. So, um, you know, when I heard it, I was saddened, too, because that's what I thought about, like, growing up in the 80s, watching the Mets when they were really good. Um, you know, he, he did have Kiner's Corner. Some interesting stories that I heard about him, which I, I totally forgot about, was that he actually gave everybody that came on to his show a $100 bill and I think a watch which was pretty interesting. I think I think Dwight Gooden um, had mentioned that. I think they interviewed him about uh, Ralph Kiner. And my favorite Ralph Kiner story is, um, you, sir, have you ever heard the story about him going into the Pittsburgh uh, ownership and asking for a raise? Uh, I heard a little bit about it, but why don't you share it with the audience, sir? So basically, Ralph Kiner has like this this great year, this Hall of Fame uh, year, and he's you know he he has a great year, and he's he's looking for more money basically. Uh, because he put up some gaudy numbers back then. I think you know, gaudy numbers were like 20 home runs and like, you know, over 90 RBI. So, and the team pretty much was a, a total disaster, except for Ralph Kinder on the team. The team finished in last place, so he goes to the ownership and asks, you know, you know, based on my numbers and everything, can I get a raise? Owner said, you know what, Ralph, we finished last with you. We could finish in last without you. So, yeah, <laughs> and interestingly enough, um, 
it wasn't the owner. It was the general manager, Branch Rickey, who said that to okay. me. And, of course, we know who Branch Rickey is, famous for the Jackie Robinson thing. But that is a great quote. Um, my, my, best, my favorite Ralph Kiner moment would have to be with something I read this week that I had never heard of. He had um, Howie Rose on the show one time. And, of course, Howie grew up a lifelong Mets fan, et cetera, et cetera. Anyway, so Howie's on the show, and Howie's telling Fran- uh, Frank, <laughs> I'm thinking about Fran Healy, he tells Ralph, you know, listen, I thought you had to, you know, get a game-winning RBI or a big home run or, you know, pitch a great game to be on this show. And then Ralph was like, yeah, you know what? You're right. You're just about the worst guest we've ever had on this program. And I just think that's such a great uh, kinderism, as it were. You know, I really I really just thought that was hilarious. And uh, I loved hearing stuff like that. And like I said, so many years. He was with the with the Mets for so many years, and he did make an impact in all of our lives. Now, if we look at uh, Ralph's stats, of course, you mentioned how gaudy numbers back then were, were so low and so abysmal. I mean, this guy, I'm looking at his stats here from 1946 to 1953. I mean, this guy was an absolute horse, you know, playing 158 games, uh, between 150 and 144. Um, you know, he, his first year was probably his worst uh, full season, one of his worst full seasons, and he hit... Uh, 23 homers, but then after that, 51, 40, 54, 47, 42, 37. And amazingly, the 23 home run season actually still led the league, you know, which is amazing. And Ralph, for a home run hitter like he was, Ralph had 100 – let me give you an example. He started out with 109 strikeouts. They went to 81, then 61, 61, 79, 57, 70. I mean, this guy's – strikeout ratio kept dropping and dropping. I mean, how one year, sir, he had 54 homers and 61 RBI. That's almost dead even in terms of strikeouts and RBI. That's amazing. And, you know, he was a, he was a good hitter. You know, he, he hit 300s, you know, 310, 265. And he was kind of like all over the place with that. But, you know, when you look at his stats, you could see why this guy's in the Hall of Fame, why he made such an impact in baseball. And it it really is sad to me that he's gone, sir. You know, like I said, it's a big part of my childhood, and it's just sad to see that he is no longer with us. I mean, ninety, I believe ninety-one, he passed away, and just, uh, just sad, sad stuff in the Met, in Metland, sir. Yeah, I definitely remember Bob Murphy. Obviously, definitely, maybe, and Ralph Kiner, who just passed away just uh, this past week. But do you remember uh, Lindsey Nelson at all? I, I am too young to remember anything about Lindsey Nelson. Do you remember him, like, listening to him or? I just don't recall the guy at all. I don't either. I've only heard of Lindsey Nelson, um, but apparently he was a great broadcaster. He was great with the Mets, and he spent 17 years with them, so that's a long time. Um, but I no, I personally don't remember him. Of course, Bob Murphy spent 42 years with the Mets, and uh, Ralph spent, you know, what, 52 years with them, which is amazing. Yeah, so... Um, you know, somebody had mentioned too. I had heard that you know the, the booth where the Mets broadcast their games is called the Bob Murphy, I think you know, broadcast booth. So why not, yeah. why not uh, at City Field call Left Field Kiner's Corner? I mean, they, they, I think that'd be the, the ultimate tribute to Ralph Kiner is to call Left Field uh, Kiner's Corner. I, I really hope they they do that. Yeah, I think that would be great. I mean, I've, I've heard. I, you know, it's funny because I heard what you just said and the, the Bob Murphy booth, and then I heard that they named it the Ralph Kiner booth, so I'm not really Did sure it? exactly what it's called. Oh, okay. I, I always, For some reason, I always knew it as the Bob Murphy you know, uh, radio broadcast booth, well, I guess, or radio, something like that. And maybe the TV one, because Ralph was a TV guy, so maybe maybe that's what it is. Because you yeah, have two and, different booths, of course. Right. Uh, growing up, too, uh, I just remember, like you said, um, Ralph Kiner, but I also remember Ralph Kiner with Tim McCarver a lot in the 80s. You recall Tim? I thought those two guys were really good together. You know what's amazing, sir, is that you prove, just like when you talk about wrestling, you you have no clue what the hell is going on, and you don't even pay attention. I literally talked about that five minutes ago, about how I loved Ralph and Tim McCarver, how I thought Tim was great with the Mets, and how he gets a lot of flack now, but him and Kiner were a great team. And here you are basically regurgitating everything I just said. That's awesome. That is that is right there, in a nutshell. <laughs> yeah, never paying attention to what you say. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the master tongue. of segues and, and the master of listening to you. You know, yeah. definitely, no, maybe. Pure <laughs> 
the other interesting thing about Rav Kahn off the field was that the people he socialized with were, you know, the the, the cream of the the cream of the creme, if you will. I mean, he, he he socialized with people like Frank Sinatra, and I think even Liz Taylor had a, an attraction towards Rav Kahn. So uh, to, for him to socialize in that circle of people. Is pretty impressive. I mean, Ralph Kiner, the, not only the baseball player, was a legend, but I think off the field he was a, a just a bigger. He was just as big as maybe Frank Sinatra at the time. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that he dated a bunch of famous models, and his wife was actually a famous, uh, I think, Olympic swimmer or something to that effect. Didn't um, Ralph Kiner date Jamie Lee Curtis's mom? Uh, I yeah, believe. I believe he did. Uh, Janet Lee, that's absolutely right. Right, so the, that's pretty interesting. To, I mean, Ralph Carter was the man all around. That's why I had posted something on my Facebook. I don't know if you saw that. That song uh, I'm really into right now, I'm the man, I'm the man, I'm the man. Uh, I really don't pay attention to what you post on Facebook. Yeah, so moving right along. So, you know, Ralph Carter, unfortunately, loser. passed away. Bad. No, I'm just, I'm just saying loser. <laughs> Age 91, I, I mean, that's a pretty full life, sir. I mean, I know that towards the end of his career, he, he this is the guy, this is the type of guy that just didn't want to get away from the sport. Baseball was his life. I mean, even when he had the stroke and had Bell's palsy, his speech was slurred, yes, but he still was able to recall some of the greatest stories. And I, I guarantee you, and I know for a fact that like people like Ron Darling, Keith Hernandez, and Gary Cohen just loved him having him in the booth for a couple of innings just to share some stories. I mean, the guy was just like you. It was it was magnetism. You know, you had to be around him. You had to listen to a a Ralph Kiner story before the game or during the game. He was just the man. Even again, maybe it was uh, maybe it was the Mets' fault for putting him on still after the Bell's palsy and the stroke. But I, I agree. Uh, as long as he wants to come to the the stadium, then I had no problem with him uh, broadcasting a couple innings at a time. Yeah, why don't we talk about how him and Tim McCarver were a great team in the '80s? Oh, did I mention that I loved him and Tim McCardner in the '80s? I mean, they were they were really good. Yeah, Tim McCardner is it was great, but <laughs> nowhere near as good as Tim McCarver. <laughs> Loser. Loser. <laughs> Loser, folks. McCardner of so many years, and what a disgrace and utter embarrassment you are, sir. Yeah, speaking of goodbyes, uh, let's just uh, continue with the goodbyes. I don't know if you you follow it, if you don't want. I mean, you, you're you're the guy, type of guy that just doesn't get any sleep whatsoever. So you're up until like four or five in the morning, you know, tweeting with I, I people that am. I have no idea. With. Yeah, you truly really are. I have been this past week. I've been up till about four in the morning. It's it's un, it's unreal. I can't exactly explain why here on the show, but um, and trust me, it's it's been brutal. Yeah, I mean, you have a little insomnia, and I could see why. Um, you know, Raquel. Definitely, um, you know, maybe. puts up with you. No, I said maybe. <laughs> maybe. Uh, but anyway, speaking of goodbyes, um, like I said, there's a, um, I don't know if you follow, I don't really watch it, to be honest with you, my dad watches, but I did DVR the last episode ever of Jay Leno. Um, I thought it was really done really well. He had Billy Crystal on the show, and he had a bunch of other stars throughout the show saying their goodbyes. Like I said, I was never into Johnny Carson. I never was into Tonight Show. But just you know, goodbye episodes or goodbyes, uh, goodbyes are always fun to watch or interesting to watch at least on TV. Jay Leno's goodbye was pretty good. Did you hear anything about the show at all? Um, yeah, I actually saw the very end of it. Jay was, Jay was um, choking up. He was sad. I mean, 22 years doing what he did. Huge. Of course, Johnny Carson is the most famous one who ever did the Tonight Show. But uh, Jay would be a close second. What's interesting to me is all the comments that I read, people saying how NBC doesn't know what they're doing because they're replacing him with a guy, Jimmy Fallon, where the people who watch um, Jay Leno, they're yeah. not Jimmy's audience. They're not going to get the jokes. They're not going to be into it. And then this is going to be another failure, just like the Conan O'Brien uh, debacle with uh, with Jay for the first time. So they're forcing this guy out when his ratings are still the best, better than Letterman's. And this may spell disaster for NBC. Well, don't forget, Jay Leno, a couple of years ago, left to do his own show, and then his show flopped, and they brought him back to Tonight Show. So this is like his second goodbye from the Tonight Show. Oh, yeah, of course, but that was a bad move on all parts. I mean, why would you leave when you're out? When, I mean, yeah, you want to go out on top, but he's being forced out after 22 years, and it just doesn't make sense to him. It doesn't. 
Speaking of goodbyes, we might as well continue the trend. Uh, in the news uh, this past week, because we only do our show once a week now, but, you know, in the, sh- in the news, uh, in, in the baseball world, Mr. A-Rod, A-Roid Rodriguez, finally gives up his uh, lawsuit to, uh, you know, sue and appeal his uh, suspension, so he will serve the 162-game suspension. Sir, I personally think... The way things are going, I don't think you'll ever see him in a Yankee uniform again. I think the way the Yankees spent their money this offseason, I think they're going to buy out his contract next year, and they don't want him ever back as a New York Yankee ever again. And you think that's what's best for business, as Triple H would say? I, I think it is. I mean, why would you want that distraction? Why would you want somebody that sued your own players, um, the players' union, on your team? I, I don't think – I think he's a, he's a cancer now. I mean, he's been a cancer, and now he's even worse. He betrayed his own organization that fought and got him this huge contract. I mean, the players' organization is probably – the players' union is probably the strongest union in the world, and for him to turn around and sue them is just so idiotic. It's just typical A-Rod that doesn't have a clue as his lawyer – Mr. Tacopina, Mr. Joe Tacopina, is just the, the absolute worst. I think he's, you know, obviously riding his coattails to get a great, great paycheck. But Arod, sir, I think his legacy is shot. I think his career is shot. I think that's the end of Arod. I don't think after this year, I don't think you'll see him in Yankee uniform. And then no other team is going to want to sign him. Obviously, definitely, maybe. Well, it's interesting is that he puts up all these. Uh, <laughs> he puts up all these. <laughs> These lawsuits, and then he just like, oh yeah, I, I changed my mind. I'm not going to sue anybody. What what an absolute right. buffoon! What a clown! What a complete and utter disgrace and embarrassment Alex Rodriguez is. And you know what? I'm so glad Steve, Steve Phillips did one thing right as the Mets general manager and not sign Alex Rodriguez. <laughs> you remember? I mean, we I think we had a show back then when we when A-Rod was contemplating signing with the New York Mets and he ended up signing with the Yankees. Wasn't that in like 2010? No, it wasn't. It couldn't have been. It must no, have been like sorry. 2008, this, actually. This is 2000, sir. Way back then, jeez. Yeah, the Mets. That's when. That's when he was thinking about going with the Mets, when all the rumors and everything was circling. A long time ago, sir. Get your head long out of your time. beep. Jeez. All right. So that's, sir. I I want to say it's Elwood again, but you know, you take your thing and I'll, I'll do my thing right now, and just you know, rant on with uh, <laughs> Mr. Uh, Mr. A Rod. Is that okay with you? I guess it is. So anyway, like I said, A-Rod, uh, I don't think will be on um, any baseball team anymore. And, and once Dave cuts back from uh, doing a pre-screen, because we, no we have no pre-screener anymore, we'll find out who's on the line. Sir, do we have someone on the line? It. You absolutely called it. Folks, we are once again joined by the one and the only Elwood. It's funny because I was actually – I mentioned you earlier today, and I had I, – I really didn't think you were going to call again. I figured we'd hear from you next uh, February after the Super Bowl. What's up, sir? How are you doing? I thought I'd call in a little more. I kind of enjoy calling you guys on the Twitter and stuff. But, uh, yeah, talking about A-Rod and Alex and this bunch here. And uh, I'm a good person to bring it up since I'm kind of impartial, you know, since we're kind of kingdoms of Mongol here when it comes to baseball. Right. We're pretty neutral here on baseball. But um, I don't think this is going to tarnish their – Reputation, guys. Americans love to build people up. They love to tear them down. Then they love to forgive them. And I think that's what's going to happen. We've built these two guys up. Now it's time to tear them down. Then we'll forgive them. You know, I saw on TV tonight where Paula Dean was on there, and they were talking about how sweet she is and how brave she is. And there was an African-American gentleman who said, oh, how was your diabetes? I've been worried about you. You know, and all of a sudden, Paula Dean's okay. You know, and that's what's going to happen with Alex and A-Rod. After all this storm's over, they're going to say, boy, he was a good ball player, you know. You'll, uh, so I don't think this is going to hurt their legacy, guys. It's just kind of how we do things in this country, you know, I Brett think Favre, that... build him up, tear him down, put him in a pancake commercial. Not to cut you off, but I think the problem with what you're – and I, I, I agree with you, that is the way the country normally works – but the fact that he's in New York, and in New York, they like to just destroy you and ruin you. And that, I mean, we're from here. This is what it's all about. This is all that people like to do here. They like to rip you. They like to destroy you. They like to ruin you. And then they like to say, oh, yeah, whatever happened to Aaron? I think the problem is that, yeah, maybe he'll go somewhere else, and maybe someone will pick him up, and he'll, you know, resurrect what's left of his career. But he's, he's almost, he, what is he, 30? I think he's like 37. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have our... Uh, 
our text in the back looked this up, but A-Rod is not a young guy, and the problem is that he doesn't exactly have, um, you know, a lot of career ahead of him. I mean, he's got the both hips are an issue. He had all that, and, you know, his body's breaking down. But the thing is here, 38, he's, he's going to be 39, actually, um, come this year. I think the problem becomes that in New York, and I'm sure Joe will agree, they love to just break you down, and that's what's going to happen with A-Rod. If he wasn't, I know you guys don't have a professional baseball team, but if he was somewhere on the Midwest, if he was in, you know, Kansas City, or if he was in St. Louis, maybe, but it's not going to happen here in New York, I'll tell you that much. If he ever does get any sort of redemption, there's no way it's going to happen here with the Yankees. Well, yeah, but I know this will kill you guys for me to say it, but baseball isn't New York, you know. I mean, he'll be fine. I mean, he may, they may not forgive him there, but... He'll be fine, you know. I, I, he likes to get controversy. They enjoy the limelight, and they'll be able to ride this wave forever, you know. See, where, where, where I agree with you is uh, I agree and disagree at the same time. I agree with you that America likes to forgive people after we rip them to, you know, to well, tear them up. Yeah, we'll we'll tear them up, but. But here's the problem. Like I look at like the, his his teammate Andy Pettit, and he's here's a guy that came out and pretty much flat out said I did it, and I you know I'm sorry, and they forgave him. I think A Rod has lied way too many times to the public, way too many times to the players' union, and this is the type of guy that's going to be just like Barry Bonds. I don't think Barry Bonds will ever be seen as a, a great baseball player anymore, especially after you know he juiced up back in like the late '90s, you know when when they had resurrect baseball. So. I think that it's going to take a long, long, long time if they ever forgive A. Rod. I just think that people that come up and admit, you know, their their guilt right away, like like an Andy Pettit, then those are the people that are forgiven by you know by America. But people like A. Rod, I think, have just a lot of people have just been turned off from him. To be honest with you. Well, I just think that time kind of in my man cave. I've got a hood, and they can say go. <laughs> you know, it's from like the 80s or 90s guys you know it's the plastic gold frame poster you know I, I i think it was the athletics i mean this sucker was old and i had some kid about 20 we had a party and i don't know he's a friend of a friend but he begged to buy that off of me just begged and i was like why do you want that so bad because i love that dude he's hysterical and i'm like well don't you know about all the scandal and stuff he goes yeah please sell it to you so you know i mean new generation comes along and it's ancient history to them and I think Bonds will be popular in the future. I think all these guys who did stuff. I mean, I go to the sports stores. I mean, I'm, I collect all that memorabilia stuff. And people who did terrible things in the past, there it sets with a big price, and it'll sell. I mean, you know, I, I just sold a box of Wheaties at Tiger Woods for a stupid amount. You know, look what Tiger Woods did. Yeah, Tiger Woods, we love him. Yeah, it's. I just think... We'll move on, and there might be small regional things. If, I mean, Vanderjack still hate it in Indianapolis for missing that kick, but I guarantee anywhere else in the country, I'm sure nobody cares. You know, <laughs> so I mean, you, there are there are regional grudges. I mean, there are Colts and, and Pacers who might not want to show their face in Indianapolis anytime soon. But like I say, the rest of the country, nobody cares. I I know baseball I, in New York; they're pretty fierce on it. Well, it's like basketball here. You know, I mean. Saying basketball in Indiana is synonymous, you know. But I, I, I like a Rod. I, I like Jeter. I, I think that they're, you know, what the sport was in the '90s. You know, it was big. It was flashy. They were the high-paid ones. They were glamorous. You know, he's dating Madonna. He's Gwyneth Paltrow was seen leaving his apartment. You know, the big bucks. The, you know, I mean, I remember. Derek was the first baseball card I got that wasn't traditional. He was like wearing a sleeveless shirt and he had a bat and there was a gray background and he was posed. And, you know, I mean, it was, it was like, what's he doing? This is a, a game <laughs> picture. You know, I mean, they kind of broke some rules and they trailblazed. And like I said, I I think it's great. Sue the union, do all the, get all your little. You know, I think people can forgive you as long as you don't do anything truly, truly, you know, bad. You know, but. You know, like Brett Favre, sent a few inappropriate pictures to a fully grown woman. I can live with that. Or Paula Dean, like her, saying something horrible 20 years ago to a person in private. Yeah, I can live with that. You know, you know, it's not like O.J. that killed someone. You know? Yeah. So as long as you don't do anything too heinous, people can forgive yeah. you. you know, Speaking if you of, you want to uh, void yourself up, 
I don't yeah. really care. To be honest, <laughs> I think the Roy thing got – I knew they were juicing. If you didn't think Brady Anderson was juicing in the 90s, you're an idiot. The dude is a silly <laughs> little twig, and then within two months, he's a monster. Now, I've been in gyms my whole life. You don't get big that fast natural. Bull. Yeah, tr- I knew he was juicing, but it made the game better, and I loved it. If you mm-hmm. were to juice, tear up your body and be an idiot, what do I care? If I had a $10 million contract and all that pressure on me, I might have too. Or if I was starting to push 40 and everybody loved me and carried me in on their shoulders and clapped when I walked in a room for no reason, I might want a juice to keep that game up. I'm not going to lie. Elwood no, yeah. no, no, is apparently a big fan of the juice. I'm not a big fan of the juice, but I'm not. I don't think it's the worst thing that ever happened. I think it's really sad that our our Congress and Senate and really important buildings were tied up with something like that. Howard, you know? let me ask you a question: Are you juicing right now as you're talking to us? No, I'm not juicing. I don't juice. I don't need to juice. I mean, I don't need to be huge. I'm not a multi-million dollar athlete. I, you know. I'm just fine for how I am, but I'm saying under that pressure, who knows? And I think that's true of anyone. I, you know, it's. I think a lot of. I think a lot of times when the cameras are pointed at it, people just talk stupid. You know, they just yeah. say crazy stuff, and you know, we're going through it right now with the NFL. You know, oh, this man, he's come out, and he's the best man that ever lived, and he's an American. These people wouldn't be saying that if the camera wasn't pointed at him. You know. You know it's what? Just the media. That's a great point because that we were actually going to discuss it. We're going to bring that up and, and get your take on it. Um, yeah, you should, and I guess where he's coming next. What's his what? next big NFL thing he's going to be you know, doing? The Combine? And that's in? Indianapolis, right? Indianapolis. Yeah. Oh, it's be 12, that be circus is going to be 12 blocks from my house. Wow. <laughs> so tell me, Elwood, why do you think somebody has to be – why does somebody have to? Somebody has to bring their sexual orientation into a sport. I don't know. You know? Well, why? Why when Tebow talks about Jesus, do we say Tebow? Keep your religion to yourself. Don't you be waving that religion in my face. You're a terrible <laughs> human being. But this dude comes out and waves it in our face, and we have to take it. You yeah. know. I don't want to hear about your preference. I don't want to hear about a straight guy's preference. I don't want to hear about a gay guy's preference. I don't want to, maybe a lesbian's preference. We might talk. But um, <laughs> not want to hear about all this. This is not PG anymore. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's like midnight. But, uh, guys, Almost. I think it's silly that it's an issue, you know, and someone keeps likening him to Rosa Parks, and I was like, will you quit it? Rosa Parks was a real American hero. You know, this guy just kind of came out of the closet for publicity. You know, I mean, it has, I, I have what's called the little old lady test. And I say if you go up to some little old lady on the street and say an athlete's name and she knows who he is, he's arrived. And I guarantee you that if you'd went up to some little old lady on the street and said his name, she'd have went, who? Where now <laughs> she's like, oh, yeah, the one who's gay. He has instantly made himself recognizable. Well, you that's know, the thing has, about this. Elwood, that's the thing about this whole situation, and, and again, Joe and I haven't been able to get into it. Usually, we go into you know heated rant about this, and Joe and I were texting each other back and forth yesterday about the whole situation. But the truth of the matter is, the issue that I have, you you framed it perfectly, the Tim Tebow thing and, and things like that. But when you compare what black people, African Americans, whatever you want, whatever label you want to give them, what you tell them, Rosa Parks, uh, Martin Luther King. You know, Malcolm X, Medgar Evers, all these people who were, who, you know, were out there trying to advance the, the cause of their people. You know, the, I understand that gay people have gone through issues. I, I know that people, some people have gone to the extreme, which, of course, you can never condone, you know, killing them and beating them up, et cetera, et cetera. All over history, we've seen this. But black people were literally second-class citizens. They were slaves. They were all slaves. It wasn't like one or two of them. I mean, they were all considered less than, treated as less than. They were not on the same level of humanity, basically, as the, you know, the Caucasians, as it were. Rosa Parks you, got drug away to jail. I mean, Rosa Parks was imprisoned. Why are you comparing this woman with the guy who just said, I'm gay? You know, what is wrong with our society? You know. I, I have a bigger lost, question. The I, woman, got, woman broke the law and was arrested I, and could have been killed. The, the animosity was so strong at the time. The, a little, frail black woman changed the entire landscape of the way a people think in a, in a society. 
And it is not the same as some guy going, and then everyone standing around and clapping. There was a Simpsons episode where Homer gains like 500 pounds so he can go on disability. I remember that. I don't know if you've seen it. But remember when Homer was laying in the bed and he was super fat and he goes, I wash myself with a sponge on a stick. And everyone clapped and said, oh, you're a wonderful human being. That's the same thing with this. What he is not a wonderful human being who should he, he just came out of the closet you know it's like big but deal it's not that, illegal and, nobody's and know, gonna shoot him no well yeah. I know that Joe's gonna chime in on this and I understand that um, where you have this situation you know he can say well he came out to his teammates his teammates didn't have a problem with it that's that's all fine in, in Missouri um, but to me the reason I have a problem with him coming out now is because what does he hope to gain from it. If his reasoning, hey, I want everybody to know this so that, you know, they hear it from me, they're not hearing it from you directly. They're hearing it because you had a press conference. Your teammates, the actual guys that you'll be playing with on the same team that you'll be uh, a teammate with, running drills with, et cetera, et cetera, who, whichever team he ends up on, those guys didn't hear it directly from him in a private meeting like his teammates in college did. This is already out there right before the combine, before the draft, and this is going to give him more exposure. And, you know, all I've heard – is he's like a third-round pick, a fourth-round pick, nice player, talented, but nothing special because of his size. So now he's either going to be higher up on the depth chart or lower, all because of this decision. And it's like, all right, he's going to be the first. Hope. There's going to be some GM out there who's thinking right now, I want to draft this kid just so that I can be the first GM. You know, again, comparing him to say I'm Branch Rickey when I drafted uh, Jackie Robinson, trying to say they're the first person to break this barrier. And it's ridiculous to me because, like you said, all right, he's gay. I don't agree with it. I don't condone it. But I don't. I also don't care. I also don't want to know what your sexual preference is. I had an issue when Mike Piazza came out and said, I'm straight and had that whole press conference. Why does he have to tell anybody what his sexual preference is? I don't care. Just, just play baseball. Well, and it's sad, too, that they have these witch hunts. Why are we having witch hunts to find out what these people are or aren't? You know, you are whatever you say you are because that's what people should respect and, and follow. You know, and, and that's why I don't like him coming out. It's going to be awkward for his team. His buddies are going to – all the guys on the team are going to get harassed by their buddies. Ha, ha, playing with the gay guy. You take showers with him. Don't drop the soap. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah, blah. And right. we all know that when these cameras are pointed at him, they're all for this and think it's wonderful. But when those cameras aren't on – it's going to revert back to however they feel for real. And the whole team is going to be under undue pressure. It's awful. You know, I was telling somebody today, it was kind of like Paul Lind and Charles Nelson Riley. you know, these guys we grew up with on television. We all knew they were gay, but they didn't tell anybody. They didn't come out with it. Everybody just sort of treated them like they were straight, and it wasn't awkward, and life went on. You know, that's how they need to do it with football. Don't talk about it. Don't ask, don't tell, just get out there, play the game, and keep your mouth shut. You know, when you come out there and say, look at me, it makes it awkward for your team. And, you know, you don't really know if the guy next to you is gay or not. You don't really care. But when he says he is and he's out there waving his flag, it kind of makes it awkward when you have to share a locker room with him. Right. You know, and and team cohesion and (sighs) – yeah, Elwood, I agree with you, and, and Dave, I agree with you, too. The the thing that I, I and maybe I'm repeating myself, but my, why why would somebody come out and have a press conference the, the weekend where there's nothing going on? You know, Super Bowl's over. There's, it's a dead weekend. That, on top of all the things that are going to go with it, say he doesn't get drafted uh, until, like, the fifth round, even though they have him up on the fourth round, then they're going to start thinking, well, are these teams biased? And then, like you said, there's going to be undue pressure for teams to draft the guy. Well, then then the team that drafts him is going to have pressure of dealing with, like, a team t- like Tim Tebow, Every, uh, every after every game had like this huge press conference. They had all reports by him. The guy was a backup quarterback. Can you imagine well, the type of press that this guy's going to get? Well, you know, two guys. I was on a line one time in a factory, and we were loading these huge parts up into a rail cart. It was really hard work. All the guys on my line were dudes over six foot, over two hundred pounds. This was hard work. Well, they got it in their head that they had to have a woman on this line, equal rights, blah blah blah. So they put a woman on the line. She couldn't do a job. She couldn't physically lift it. She couldn't make right. I mean, she was doing terrible, and they got rid of her, and then all of a sudden the place was evil because they fired a woman because she's female. 
same thing I'm scared is going to happen with the NFL. Let's say he doesn't get out there, doesn't perform. They're going to be scared to pull him because they'll say, oh, look, they pulled him because he's gay. You know, it, it, I'm so scared of whatever team takes him that no matter what they do, if they don't let him perform 100%, they're going to say, well, it's because he's gay. They took him away. You know, because I saw it with that woman. She got fired because she couldn't do the job. It wasn't because she was female. Actually, if you put a skinny little guy up there her size, he couldn't have did it. But I'm just, this is just not good. And, and, I, and like you guys said, if he doesn't get picked in the draft right away, they're going to say, oh, it's because he's gay. No, it probably is because nobody wants him. You know, yeah. Tebow is not playing. You know, if everyone was all for him because he was religious, he'd be playing. But he's obviously not. You know, it, it's just, it's frustrating. It just irritates me to no end. It's this is a can of worms he shouldn't have opened. You know, and like right now, Indiana's trying to ban gay marriage. Well, now he's coming with the combine, so now they have this. Now they're going to have this, and it's like just what we need. Another, it's just there's so much going on for him to do this. I think it's kind of selfish of him to be truthful. You know, look at me, I'm gay, and he knows it's going to cause trouble. You know, and sometimes I think people overdo stuff, like Chick-fil-A, when they wouldn't do the gay thing, you know, give insurance and all this stuff and recognize right. gay marriage. All Here's a thought, people. If you don't agree with that, don't eat there, you know. <laughs> and if you agree with it, eat there. It's as simple as that. And if what they're doing is really evil and we all quit eating there, they'll go out of business. Problem solved. You know, that's my thing with gay marriage. I think each state should vote on it. And if 51% say it's okay pass it if 51% say no don't the problem with that Elwood is that yeah I mean I agree with you and uh, you're absolutely right but the problem is that now the supreme government the supreme court is overstepping (laughs) their bounds and people yeah the state will vote and say we don't want it but then the supreme court will say oh no you need to have it even though that's supposed to be decided by the state which is ridiculous it's all a I agree if you want to smoke pot Go to Colorado, and if you want to marry gay marriage, go to Massachusetts. I don't want it in my state. And I, what irritates me to no end is I'm not telling anyone they can't do it. I just don't want it in my backyard. But you know what? If you want to smoke some dope, go out to Colorado and knock yourself out. You have my blessing. You want to get married. Two dudes want to get married. Two women want to get married. You go to Massachusetts, knock yourself out. I'm not telling anyone they can't do it. I'm telling them. I can't condone it in my backyard. You know, it's it's like with churches. The choir director may be seven shades of pink, but as long as he doesn't flaunt it, they're not going to fire him. But he brings his boyfriend in there and starts talking about gay rights like this fellow did. They're going to have to fire him because that meant they were condoning his actions. You know, so I just think a lot of people need to get a grip. You'd be amazed what people will put up with if it's not the elephant in the room. You know, if we can just, you know, like Paul Lind, I always like to use him as an example. It's just, no, he's not gay. Move on. Uncle Arthur's funny. So, I don't know. I think it's just it's just sad. It's, I don't know, it's, it's like no real, these people have worked in the Olympics their whole lives for this, and they get three seconds on the media so they can talk about some guy coming out. You know, it's yeah, sad. It's not- it's crazy, Elwood. It really is. And listen, we really appreciate you calling in, of course, and you're always welcome to call in the program. It's always nice to have somebody. Yeah, I'll try to show. call in a little bit more. Enjoy following you guys on Twitter. Yeah, you guys need to tweet some more. Twitter is the best. Well, I Joe love it. Joe, Joe's a loser, and he doesn't tweet much. And I probably Oh, tweet. Joe, get on Twitter, man. It's the best. Yeah, I nobody mean, has time I, to read your six-page synopsis <laughs> on what you think of the game, but a five-line five tweet, we all got time to read that. Yeah. I mean, we we can't all be stay-at-home dads like Dave, so, uh, you know, he could tweet for me. I mean, some people actually have to go to work. That's the thing you know? about tweeting. Even if you work, you have time to do ten words. I mean, string yeah. together one sentence. That's the glory of Twitter, you know. That's why I'm busy, too. I mean, I work two jobs. I'm a busy man, but i got time to string together a few sentences from my friends or retweet <laughs> a funny picture I see or something, you know. That's the glory of it. It's quick. It's fast. Move it out. I mean, it's. And then you follow people you like, and it's like Pat McAfee. I so love Pat McAfee, the punter for the Colts. He does the best tweets. You know, <laughs> you get to know these people. You know, you follow just the random people, and you follow them. Well, their tweets are pretty good. You know, so I don't know. Hey, guys, good time yet. Good show. Keep up the good work, and uh, we'll see what happens here with the combine. I don't know. I just, I just feel like the circus is coming, but it may be a monumental mouse. 
You know, he may come here, do what he does, and I don't know. You know, it may be like with, um, I'm rambling, aren't I? But it may be like with Manti Teo. Remember how they said he would destroy the team and the cohesion? Remember all that about Teo? Yeah. And what happened? Teo went to a team, he played football, and you don't hear Jack squad about anything. You know, it was nothing. Teo is a football player. End of discussion. Nobody cares. So it may be something like Teo. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. See you, buddy. I know. We'll see you next week. Yeah, that was good stuff there from Elwood. I mean, great call. I mean, it basically became the Elwood show uh, starring Dave and, uh, and Joe. But, sir, I mean, I know we touched on the whole topic with, uh, with Elwood as far as the whole Michael Sam thing. But give us your unabashed JB take on it. I mean, I know you you were going off on a rant about this, but I'd like to know, sir. Give it to us. I mean, I'm going to give it to you, bomb line. I'm not getting into no religion with you because the show will end at 2 in the morning and you'll still be talking. <laughs> and I'll just be you – know, the, the bomb line with me is that you don't need to bring your sexual orientation into any sports. I think if you perform – uh, no matter what your preferences, sexual preferences, I, as long as you perform, people will root for you. We don't need to know if you're gay or not. I'm not going to have a press conference and say I'm straight, so why have a press conference said to say you're gay? Like I said, performance will will speak louder than your words. I think the guy has an agenda. I think that he, he, he pr- pretty much made himself a safety net. If he doesn't get drafted you know, in the high picks and doesn't get a big contract, I think he could be now the spokesman for gay athletes you know, in, in all of the sports in the United States. I think that he'll make his money that way. So I think this guy, while he thinks he did, uh, while everyone thinks he did a great job, and, and Michelle Obama tweeted something which I think it was probably the worst tweet I ever heard, something about, like, we're so <laughs> proud of you. I mean, it's probably the biggest joke of a tweet I've ever seen in my life for Michelle Obama to say, we're so proud of you, we're cur- you're so courageous. You know what, Michelle Obama, you don't know what you're talking about. Just, you know, take care of the White House. You know, make sure that President Obama gets that uh, Obamacare up and running before we, uh, you know, retire, because, like, that Obamacare will never be up and running. I mean, it's just a joke. The, the whole organization is going, I'm going to go off on, on President Obama, sir, so I think we need to take a break, or you give us your take on this, and then let's take a break, because I might go off on Obama. Listen, having you go off is, uh, on Obama is probably the best part of the whole night, but, you know, I agree with you. I think it's a joke. I think it's a disgrace, and, you know, again, leaving religion out... Whatever the case is, whether you agree with gay marriage or you don't agree with gay marriage, that's not the issue. The issue here is what does a man's sexual preference have to do with his ability to perform in a sport? Now, again, he's made himself a lightning round where people are going to talk about him, people are going to look at him, people are going to positively or negatively. I think this is probably going to affect him negatively in the interim and maybe long-term positively. But the truth of the matter is that this is for publicity because if he really, like I said, if he really was concerned with his teammates, he would have kept it with his teammates when he gets drafted. You know, and there's no reason to say, hey, I'm gay. Do you remember in Living Color? Of course. Do you remember the character Jim Carrey would play, the gay character that he would play? He was always very flamboyant. Like, I'm gay! And he would go everywhere yeah, he went. Yeah. That's yep. what this reminds me of. Because supposedly there were some rumors out there that the word is starting to get out that he's gay, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But I, I never even heard of this guy. Before this whole thing, I never heard of this guy, and now all of a sudden he's all over the place. So you tell me if this is a good thing or not. You tell me if this is not a publicity stunt, because honestly, this is this is a complete and utter joke to me. It's a, it's a disgrace that this is the society we live in, and then, then he's getting applauded for this. Why? If if a guy came out yet tomorrow and said, you know what, I'm cheating on my wife with a dude, I mean, is that cool? Is is that where we're going? Is is that where? Is that where the society is taking us? Where we're applauding people for for what? What is he getting applauded for? For liking men? I don't care. You know, again, religious aside, I don't care. Play sports, play football, play baseball, whatever the case is. Play your position, and that's all that matters to me. And it's ridiculous that they're comparing him to Rosa Parks and you know Jackie Robinson. Jackie Robinson broke the color barrier. He was getting beat up. He was getting humiliated. He was getting shamed everywhere he went. Like I said earlier, African Americans were slaves. They were slaves in this country. They, they were second-class citizens, almost like less than human. So don't sit here and tell me that it's the same thing because it's not. And again, I get that homosexuals and lesbians have been, uh, you know, discriminated against. I, complete, I understand that. I get that. But it's not the same thing. It's not the same level, and you can't compare it. And that's what makes me sick, sir, sick to my stomach. If you want to have a platform 
and say that you're gay, that's fine. But, like, maybe sports is not the thing for you. Maybe your calling is to lead the gay rights, you know, movement uh, as an African-American. You do not need to bring into sports. To me, it's going to be a bigger distraction. Whatever team drafts him, um, and I'm hoping that – I'm going to be honest with you. I hope that the Jets do not draft somebody like him because, again – it's bad enough that you have to get, like, 52 men on the same page, but then you have to deal with the distraction of the press. And I'm not talking about people that cover football. I'm talking about people that cover uh, po- politics, that cover entertainment. These are the type of people that are going to come into your locker room, and you're going to deal with that the whole year. How do you expect to win a championship with that type of distraction? Nothing against gays. I'm just saying the distraction alone will be, will, will be a deterrent enough for me not to draft the guy. Tim Tebow was discriminated and hated on because of the whole Christian thing. And now this guy, all the, this is, this is why society is obsessed with people's sexuality. Why so many people come out and they're so proud and they're so happy. And this is a great thing. Well, how is this great? How, why is this a good thing? Tell me, please. I don't know. I mean, I think that people feel like the, that, the, you know, the, the gay and lesbian community has been oppressed. But again, this is not the platform. You do not need to bring into sports. Sports should only be based on your performance. If you if you perform, people will love you. If you if you don't perform, people will hate you. I mean, but if you cheat, obviously if you're an A Rod, you're, you're really going to get hated. I don't agree with Elwood saying that the people are going to forgive A Rod, sir. I I just don't think people ever forgive A Rod. You you might have your A Rod fans that will just are delusional, but honestly, sir, 99% of the fans will never forgive A Rod for lying to them three times over. Yeah, you're right. I I. I, I <laughs> I totally agree with you, sir, 100%. So we, we covered sports and the, the mainstream topics. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. We'll talk some raw, maybe a little bit of Elimination Chamber and get some nuggets out of the way before we wrap up for tonight, sir. Absolutely. This is Dick Grayson, better known as Robin or Nightwing. And when I'm not fighting crime with or without Batman in Gotham City, I'm listening to Pure Gold. This is actress Jen Lilly telling you to tune in to Pure Gold Radio. Pure Gold brings you amazing guests, awesome interviews, and great talk radio every week. Check them out at puregoldpg.com. I'm Lisa Mateo of the PIX11 Morning News in New York, and you're listening to Pure Gold. Woo! Take it away, sir. You know what's funny? Elwood mentioned something like in his big rant of... uh like six minutes straight, I think I counted. But he mentioned OJ, and uh, the, the funny thing is I, I look at my clock, I look at the calendar, it's 2014. Do you realize that the OJ case was 20 years ago, coming up in June? I cannot believe how time has flown, sir. OJ case, I remember where I was, too. It was just like people talk about where they were when Kennedy got shot, JFK got shot. I remember being in my kitchen at my parents' house watching the trial and watching the verdict come through and saying not guilty, and I was like, you have got to be beep, 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 kidding me. I mean, it was just a travesty. But, sir, 20 years already since the OJ case. I remember being um, at my dad's girlfriend's family's house at the time, and we were watching um, <laughs> we were watching the NBA Finals because the Knicks were playing. And, uh, yep. yep, I remember that, sir. It's unbelievable. Absolutely unreal. Well, you talk about the the time that the the, the um, you know the Dodge whatever the SUV was being uh, chased on TV and the Knicks were on uh, and uh, like they had the pitcher in a pitcher. I'm talking about where were you when the verdict came through that he was not guilty? Do you remember that? No, that that I don't remember. Okay. So anyway, 20 years. Wow, time has flown. Time has flown. Um, so let's get into. We only got about 12 minutes left. Let's talk about Raw last night, sir. We're only about two weeks away from the WWE Network launching Elimination Chamber. The only thing I, I must say to start the show, I, I have no idea. What was the purpose besides doing a cheap uh, publicity for Betty White? And I do watch Off the Rockers when it used to be on NBC. Now I guess it's on Lifetime because uh, the ratings must have been not that good. But um, what was the point of having Betty White on Monday Night Raw last night? I had no idea. Yeah, yeah, well, it's really to promote that, honestly. And I don't, I don't understand either <laughs> – <laughs> Your guess is as good as mine, sir. I really just don't know. I, I can't I mean, even she, tell you. <laughs> she comes out, big show, you know, they they have this cheap pot. She says the word A double S and, you know, fans go crazy, blah blah blah. Have a couple skits with the, the New Age Outlaws backstage, but you know, I really didn't understand. Besides 
for some reason, I guess Raw felt, or Vince McMahon felt like he had to promote Betty White, who uh, I guess maybe, you know, is thankful for getting some, some cheap publicity right there, you know, being on Raw. But other than that, I guess the big thing, too, sir, is that they've uh, a third member of the Hall of Fame induction, a female wrestler, uh, kind of current, so I'm kind of uh, surprised that Lita gets into the Hall of Fame this year. Um, obviously, she's worthy of it. I don't know if it's too soon, but then again, it's a fake Hall of Fame. What are your thoughts? you think that it's time for Lee to get in, or do you think that when you heard about Lee the last night, you were like, whoa, that's uh, a little too soon? Um, no, I mean, Trish got in last year, so why not? I mean, there's no rhyme or reason to the Hall of Fame, so, I mean, I think it's a good choice. I like Lita. Um, I, I honestly don't know what the point of having her in so quickly, but again, with Edge, all these people, they're just throwing people in left and right, so, you know, I mean, do you think she's deserving? She's definitely deserving. Uh, there's no doubt about that. I think, you know, when when I think of, like, divas and uh, and wrestlers, uh, female wrestlers, I think of Trish, you know, in our generation anyway, I think of Trish Stratus, I think of Lisa right up there. Unfortunately, you know, I think of the, the, the now porn actress that should be in it, but if she wasn't a porn actress, you know, China would definitely be up there. But unfortunately, she became a porn actress and, uh, you know, not PG, so let's not include her into the Hall of Fame until, I guess, um, you know, Somehow she gets back into the good graces of Vince McMahon, which I don't think will ever happen. Yeah, I, I, anything is possible, sir. I, I really and, think that. I, I really well, think that one day China will probably be in there. Yeah, I mean maybe we'll see. Uh, I guess the other big storyline is, um, and I, I'm guessing that you want to talk on this or rant on it at least. It seems like you know the fans want it, the universe, you know, the whatever the quote unquote WWE universe wants it. But, you know, it's it's like they're trying to recreate, to be honest with you, the Triple H with, with Daniel Bryan, the authority versus Daniel Bryan. I feel like they're trying to shove it down our throat like another Vince and Stone Cold. It just really doesn't work. The fans are red hot for Daniel Bryan right now. Triple H refuses to, you know, give in to it, whatever, for whatever reason. I, maybe Vince is behind it, too. But, you know, I, you got to feel for Daniel Bryan at this point, unless... Again, he's agreeing to the storyline, but you know they were they were red hot again last night for him, and he didn't get to wrestle. He didn't really, you know, he he did have a couple scenes on the show, but he didn't get to wrestle. So, what are your thoughts on Daniel Bryan? Do you think that this is the right move? You think this is a stupid move? Any thoughts? Um, I don't know. <laughs> I think that you know, for whatever reason, they spin on Daniel Bryan and they have an issue with him. And I mean, I like Daniel. I think he's good. I think he's talented. I think the WWE has dropped the ball with him, and I really think they don't know how to build up talent. So this doesn't surprise me, honestly, sir. I mean, you know, he should be the face of the company right now because he's so popular, but he's not. Because they're more concerned with Randy Orton, who is terrible, as always. And uh, I don't know, sir. It's just, uh, I watched the whole show, like I said, the Betty White thing. I think it was just because, you know, Betty White's a legend, et cetera, et cetera. I give her a little publicity, I guess. She played the joke on, on Billy Gunn, just like they do on her show. But, um... I mean, I thought Raw was okay. It looks like we're leading to a, either Triple H, Daniel Bryan, or Daniel Bryan being shoehorned into the triple threat, you know, which I guess we'll see what happens with that. But, I, I mean, I can't imagine any other match that he's going to have at this point. Did you did you at least enjoy the main event between, like, Randy Orton and John Cena for the 35th time? I thought it was a decent match, actually. I actually skipped fast. That's the only part of the show that I completely fast-forwarded. Great. I have no, I mean, interest, so... <laughs> no interest in seeing those two wrestle for the 500th time, and this is the last time they're going to wrestle. I mean, come on. I'm so sick of John Cena. I'm so sick of Randy Orton. I just, I just can't take it, sir, honestly. I mean, we okay. We, we won't discuss about that because you know you're right. It's it's a storyline that's been ten years in the making. I mean, the, the, this feud has been going on for ten years now, and and everyone's sick of it. Well, do you like the fact that there's two heel tag teams or two heel factions that are going against each other? Maybe it's just for this one pay per view, but you know you got the um, the Wyatts versus the Shields. Um, you know, you, you could start seeing the Shield starting to crack. You want to see Roman Reigns on his own and potentially be, uh, you know, he could be really big eventually. But um, any thoughts on the Shield versus the Wyatts? You, you like the you like the storyline? You hate the storyline? And why? I I think it's weird that like you said, two heel teams are fighting against each other. But I mean, the Shield is kind of popular, I guess. Actually, it's weird because they're both getting cheers, so the crowd likes these guys. They like Bray Wyatt. They like Reigns. They like um, Ambrose, and you know. But two heel factions fighting each other, it's just weird to me. You know, who, who, who do you root for? That's, that's <laughs> yeah, I, 
it doesn't make sense. Um, and I will tell you that more and more, as I see like Randy Orton go through the gauntlet of people that he's supposed to face at Elimination Chamber, he's lost two matches, and I think he's beating Christian. I think he lost to uh, Daniel Bryan, and he lost to John Cena so far, and he's beating Christian. I, I just think that somehow, some way, Randy Orton is going to come out on top at the Elimination Chamber, and he's going to defend his uh, World Heavyweight title against Batista. I think that's the match we're heading for for WrestleMania. Do you think that there's anybody that could potentially upset Randy Orton at this time at Elimination Chamber? Um, um, I think Cesaro is going to win it all, sir. Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh, that Honestly, no, I don't. The funny thing is I read today that they're dropping his first name. They're only going to refer to him as Cesaro, which is, like, so stupid that WWE does and stuff. But, um, I don't know. I, I definitely cannot think anybody upsetting him. I, I wouldn't be surprised if they screwed Daniel Bryan instead of giving him WrestleMania moment to have him win the title at the Elimination Chamber and then lose it at WrestleMania to Batista. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. Wouldn't be surprised either. Speaking of stupidity, I know you don't follow TNA at all, but apparently they tried this whole like um, mystery buyer from Dixie Carter, and this guy, this person is trying to buy the company back and make it good again. And you know, because Dixie Carter is trying to be this man in a female body, obviously, definitely, maybe. And you know, she's treating everybody like dirt. She's she's uh, she only likes certain heel guys. You know, she has a heel champion right now. But did you hear who this uh, the secret investor was? He revealed himself last week on TNA Impact. But did you hear anything about it? Yes, it was the one and only Montel Vontavious Porter, <laughs> aka MVP. Um, I like MVP. He's up there in age. I don't see why he would even bother associating with TNA. To be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I, I still watch TNA for the fact that I'd, I'd like to know, like, I, again, I don't read inside stuff. So, real quick, I mean, is is Hulk Hogan with the WWE right now, or is he still with TNA? No, he's actually booked to appear on the Raw, the big the big premiere of the WWE Network. Hogan is going to be on Raw, sir. So, he's with the, how about, like, somebody like Jeff Hardy? Is he now with the WWE? No, he's still with TNA. Sting? Thing apparently will be coming to WWE soon. Um, maybe after WrestleMania to set up a WrestleMania 31 match. I'm not sure, but I think they're in talks with the, at the very least a Legends deal and to do a, a DVD and everything else. How about Taker? Have you heard from him who he's going to wrestle at WrestleMania? Yeah, Taker was Taker was just in my house last night. Uh, I'm trying to convince <laughs> him to retire, but he refuses. So yeah, I, I heard from him. He's doing good. He's going uh, to he's, take on Brock Lesnar, right? <laughs> yeah, that's if he does, that's going to be brutal because Taker. Maybe 10 years ago, but now Taker can't wrestle that style that Brock wrestles, sir. I mean, I just, I don't know what they're thinking with that. All right, so that's our, that's our wrestling recap. So we're one week away. We're still uh, ordering the WWE Network, yes? <laughs> yeah. You act like we have uh, one brain and we're, we're share a joint <laughs> bank account. Yeah. Well, you never know. I'm still ordering the WWE Network. Are you? Yeah, I am. With with let me ask you this though. With two minutes to go, let's let's get the PG exclusive right here. What is your favorite thing? What is the one thing that you're gonna go and find in the archives of the WWE Network and watch first? Are you gonna watch like a Shawn Michaels when he like super kicks Marty Jannetty? What's gonna be your first thing that you find on the archives and play? Probably when Man Young gave birth to the hand with Mark Henry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good you, one. Sir? What would be your first thing? I mean, I personally will just watch because I thought it was like a surreal moment. I like that last episode of Nitro when, you know, Vince McMahon is, you know, basically communicating with Nitro and, you know, he ends up having Shane McMahon over there. I thought that was a great moment, even though that ended up being the, the worst moment, actually, ironically. But I thought it was a pretty cool moment at the time to see, you know, Vince McMahon buying out. Uh, WCW at the time, and then having you know the storyline be Shane McMahon bought it out from him, so I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I thought that was great. I mean, there's so many different moments that I'd like to see. Um, maybe the first Raw, maybe Hogan's you know last appearance in WWE. Just so many things. Uh, Hogan arm wrestling Vince McMahon as Mr. America. <laughs> 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 the first episode of SmackDown where Shawn Michaels super kicks the crap out of The Rock to cause him. <laughs> to cost him the title match against uh, Triple H. I mean, I just, honestly, I love the fact that they don't have to block out the WWF anymore. They can say WWF, and they don't have to blur out the WWF logo. That, to me, really makes it authentic, and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I think there's so many great things. What I find interesting is Chris Benoit will be in matches, and they will show him, but they're going to air a disclaimer. What kind of disclaimer are they going to air? We don't support that Chris Benoit murdered his wife, his kids, and himself. I don't understand the purpose of the disclaimer. I really don't. 
it, you're right. I mean, that that's weird. That's a little weird. Um, but yeah, we're a week away from from ordering the W. Well, more than a week, about 12 days away uh, from ordering the WWE Network. So I I agree that. And the funny thing is, we'll probably be living, like you said, we'll probably be checking out all the content from the the golden age of uh, the Attitude Era, and hopefully. Um, you know, there'll be no glitches like, you know, Dave had predicted a couple weeks ago saying if everybody streams at the same time, the, the network will go down. Hopefully that doesn't happen. But, sir, with only a minute left to go, I just want to wish you a happy anniversary because your anniversary is coming up in a day or so. Or actually, when it's midnight, it will be one day away. And a happy birthday to the one and only Mrs. Raquel Gomez because, you know, putting up with you for what now? Is it this your three-year anniversary? No, sir, four years. Oh, God, it's four years too many, I think. Raquel needs to now, like, you know, with the job that she has, now's the time to just take, you know, your children and just run away from you because, you know, you are just a complete and utter waste, but just wishing you a very happy and healthy anniversary. You make a dog sick! Exactly. Listen, if your wife hasn't kicked you the curb like the piece of trailer park trash that you are, and if you somehow have convinced this woman, this foolish woman, to be married to you all these years, I think I've got a pretty decent shot, sir, because you are twice the scum that I am. That is all I have to say about that. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks again to Elwood for taking over the show, as always. It is great having him on. We'd love to have him on again. And if you'd like to call, of course, 714-364-4721 next week. Um, We'll be back on Monday at 11.15. And check us out at puregoldpg.com, Twitter, Facebook, all that other goodness. And for JB and all the crew here, which really just consists of me, myself, and I, we, we again, thank you so much. Have a wonderful evening, and uh, let's go Mets. Uh, what's-